Bible City. Let's stand together and let's give God praise this morning for being able to be in God's house today. Amen. Would you turn to somebody and say, I am really happy to see you today. And if you're not, God can help you to have a change of mind and heart. I want to welcome all of you that are here today uh, on campus, and I would like to welcome all of you today that are joining us online. We consider you to be such an important part of our church family. We are so glad that you are here. Today is a day that we've called Harvest Sunday. You'll be hearing more about that later on, but we are glad that you are here. As we begin our worship together, I want to remind you that we have a beautiful custom here at this church, and that is that on the second song of worship, we open a family altar. If you have a special need, either here on campus or you have it at home, if you will just let us pray with you. There will be elders, pastors uh, that are on either side of the altar, and we will pray with you, and, and let's just enter in to the joy of the Lord. The Bible says it is good for God's people to give thanks. Amen? Let's give Him thanks as we get ready to start and as we worship. God bless them as they lead us.
You let me 
day that you're not by my side And there wasn't a day that you let me fall And all of my life your love has been true And for all of my life I will worship you there was it a day that you're not by my side And there was it a day that you let me fall And for all of my life, your love has been true And for all of my life, that I will worship
Good morning. Is this thing on? Good morning. Great, there's 15. Good morning. There we go. What a great worship service we had today, right? Great job, everyone. Great job, everyone. Um, as you can see, we're coming to you live and on the scene today. That wonderful, adorable, cute, what else is there? A uh, couple that usually does it on the screen. They ask if we could be here today. They couldn't be here. So we thought, we thought yeah, we'll go ahead and fill in. So here we are. Oh, you got your own mic. You got her mic. Welcome to Harvest Sunday. We have gathered together today on Harvest Sunday with our family, friends, and Capital City Church family to give thanks to God for his great blessings upon our lives over the last year. Today, we encourage you to give thanks to God for all he has done and to give a love offering to I Love My Church for special needed repairs and updates. Have a great day and happy Thanksgiving. And speaking of Thanksgiving, this coming Wednesday, November the 24th, uh, there'll be no service. Uh, campus is closed that day in observance of Thanksgiving. So you can be with your friends, family, and eat all of that yummy good food. Oh, oh, that's why you don't do it live. <laughs> why a connection card, you may ask? It's the way to communicate with your church. If you're a regular attender, you do not need to fill out your address, but just Place your name, include any family member or any prayer request that you have on it, and then place it. If you're a first-time guest, welcome. Please let us know how we can contact you and how we can pray for you. Thanks for sharing on the connection card with us. For offering today, ties and offerings, uh, there's many, many ways to give. You can, as the back of backets, baskets come along. Um, you can drop your tither offering in there. You can write a uh, check. You can give cash. Uh, you can go online through Cash App. Um, and I believe that's the one that just use Cash App if you have that. Um, but I did have a question that I noticed that I don't have that she has, which is this folder thingy. Does anybody know what that's called? Oh, it's a bulletin. Within this bulletin, there are many things that are in here that, that are going on in the church, within the church. Did everybody get a bulletin coming in? Well, I'm glad five of you got them. Did everybody get a bulletin? Perfect. All right. Did you open it yet? What did you see in there if you opened it? Aha. I heard Harvest Sunday. What else? 24-hour prayer. Anything else? Important, important dates. Please look at this. It'll prevent us from being up here all the time unless you really want to see us. We'll be glad to come up here every week if you want to. But you can get all the information that you need within this, within this bulletin. And the best part about it is it's on the back too. Did you know there was stuff on the back? It's on the back too. So please take a look at this. Take them home with you. Read it. Put it on your nightstand. Whatever you need to do. Um, and with that being said... I think we're all out of announcements, so we want to welcome uh, David Dino. Janice, 
Well, what a good day to be in the Lord's house. Yeah, it's okay. You can just bring it right on over. It's fine. Yeah. Thank you, Tara. I have had a special appreciation for this young lady since the first day I came to preach here. It's because I fell down the steps back there. (laughs) And she said, I'm a cheerleader helper and I can help you. Thank you, Tara. (laughs) Let's give her a hand. Amen. We have a special guest with us today. I've been preaching to you uh, this month about amazing grace and preaching to you from the book of Ephesians. And there is a young lady, in fact, uh, my brother-in-law, Phil Conrad, is here today. Phil, would you just stand and uh, let's give my brother-in-law a... Here's what you don't know. When Phil and John Maxwell and Don Crooks and I sang together in a quartet back in the old CBC days, they always would say, I want that little one who can sing. And, uh, you know, that, that's the one they wanted to talk to, they wanted to take to dinner. The rest of us, you know, were just out there. Um, but, uh, Phil, we are glad you're here. And Janice is Phil's niece. Now, we have sort of, uh, we adopt people all over the country, um, but we have, we don't have many adopted nieces. We have a whole bunch of adopted daughters, but we don't have much. Uh, I think, Janice, you are our only adopted niece. And she has written a book called Choices. And I asked her to come and to just share a few minutes with you about her life story and what God has done and what grace has wrought in her life. So would you welcome uh, Janice Emerson as she comes? Let me help you because these things are treacherous. Thank you. There you go. Thank you. I think it's on. You can test it. Okay. I think it's on. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Y'all make me a little nervous. So I'm going to start by telling you a funny, okay, that David didn't know about. So I hope he doesn't doesn't shoot me off the stage now. Um, No. So there was this little boy. And he was at a church service. He was out in the foyer, and he's looking at this big billboard of names, thousands of names. And the pastor comes out, and, you know, the little boy says, you know, pastor, what are these names? And the pastor says, well, son, those are all the names of the men and women who've died during the service. And the little boy looks back, and he said, was that the first service or the second service? (laughs) Well, good. That worked. Okay, so... um, Yes, David asked me to give uh, my testimony. He said he was preaching on God's grace in people's life. And so I just wanted to give you um, a very shortened version because David has told me I have five to seven minutes. He knows I'm a chat, chatty person, so otherwise we'd be here five hours. So I have bullet points. So um, the story is actually almost unbelievable. So I'm just going to give you a few bullet points. Um, but I'll just tell you that I was born to very young parents. Um, now they were married, but that's because they got married at like age 16. Um, at least my mom was, um, she was dropped out of high school. You know, my dad had a high school degree, but that, that's the gist of it. Okay. Um, we lived very poor, uh, in a trailer that had like holes in it. I remember being woke up by a rat biting my arm one night. Um, just, just different, you know, things like that. Um, I was molested when I was like four. I want to be very clear, that did not come from my parents, okay? They didn't even know about it. I didn't tell them. 
till I was in my 30s. So I'm just giving you kind of, you know, bullet points here of, of things that, that have happened. But I want to I shed the big light on, on God's grace. His hand of grace has been on my life since well before I even knew him. So even, you know, in these periods that I'm talking about, as growing up, I was not a Christian. Um, in fact, I very much lived in the world, and the world lived in me. So everything that goes along with that, you know, whether that's partying, drinking, having fun in the bars, you name it. So I've done all of those things. And a few weeks ago, I was uh, sitting, as I do, and I was trying to have some quiet time with the Lord, and he gave me something, and I almost wonder if it wasn't for this service. So I, I wrote it down, and I kind of pondered it, and I want to I wanna tell you what that is, because I think it really um, very well sums up um, part of my testimony. And that's, if you take the word world, W-O-R-L-D, and you take the word word, and by that word, I'm meaning God's word, okay? There's only one letter difference, and it's the L. So word and world are spelled the same, even in the same, um, you know, kind of context, except the letter L. And God sort of showed me that the word world, with that L in it, for, for you know, these purposes at least, stood for um, lie and lose. And what I mean by that, that little letter makes all the difference. So for a while, I believed the lie that I could have all the happiness that I wanted in the world. And um, I, I gave my life to God when I was uh, 24, and then the word got in me instead of the world. So from then on, you know, it's, it's been apparent to me. It was not apparent to me, to me before God's grace in my life. Um, but it is very much apparent to me now that I've given my life to him and live for him. I can look back even in all of those crazy partying years and see his hand very much on my life. Now, I didn't give you all of the negatives because I really wanted to focus on God's grace, right? The negatives are in the book. I was very apparent and blunt in the book. And, and it's really about choices to show people you can come from this and you can still choose better with, with God being the number one choice. Um, and I'm just going to give you a few highlights now of God's grace in my life now. Um, I have been married almost 19 years. Uh, my husband is an incredible man of God. We have an awesome marriage. Um, we serve all over the place. I get to teach leadership development. I'm now working on my fourth college degree, and I don't say those things. That's not Janice that does those things. I'm absolutely aware that everything comes through Christ, and just the grace of his, you know, his grace on my life is just unbelievable. Um, and, and all I will tell you is, do you live for the world or do you live for the word? So that's what I would just like to leave you guys with today is um, that little L makes the big difference. If you're believing the lie, then it's going to cause you to lose in the end. And that's what I believe that other L stands for. Thank you. These are Wow.
Never thought about that before. The world, does the world live in you? Or does the word live in you? I think that is a wonderful thing. And Janice, um, thank you so much for being willing to share part of your story with us. And when we talk about grace, really, it's just, uh, it's not only written about in the scripture, it's not only something that I get up here and, and talk about and share with you about, but it's real. And it changes people's lives. And I praise God for that. Well, you know that throughout the month of November, I've been preaching to you uh, from the book of Ephesians in a series that I've just called Amazing Grace. And it's interesting that the book of Ephesians is a book that is filled with grace from the very beginning to the very end. In fact, when you look in chapter 1 and verse 2, I don't have it actually uh, on the, the PowerPoint, but chapter 1 and verse 2 the, 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 the book of Ephesians begins, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you, let's say it together, grace and peace. In chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, the verse that is really uh, the, the really central verse of this entire book, for by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. And I thought it was interesting in chapter 6 and verse 24, the very last verse of the book of Ephesians says this, grace be with all of those who love the Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. This series has been about grace and the book of Ephesians is all about grace. In fact, the book of Ephesians is also a book that tries to answer questions that people are asking. Who am I and who is God? Is there any purpose in my life? Really, is there any hope? And when we begin to look at this whole thing, we begin to understand that God's grace is available to all of us. I want to begin by reading, if you have your Bible, I don't know how many of you brought your Bible. I see a few of you have uh, gone back to the Stone Age and, and brought a Bible. If you have a pad, if you have a phone, whatever you have, uh, would you open your Bible, please, uh, to Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to begin our reading here uh, in verse 1. And we're going to just read verses 1 and 2. And then we're going to go down and read verse 7 and 8. Look, let's look together. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. When I think of all this, that's what Paul's been talking about in these first two chapters. I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming by the way that you know that God gave me, and if you have a Bible or you have something you can mark, put a big circle around these next words. The special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. I want you to see this. Paul's saying, God has given to me and to all of us a special responsibility 
of extending his grace. Then come down uh, to verse 7. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given, will you take out a pen or something again, and will you circle this word? By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege, the privilege of sharing, of serving him by spreading the good news. And then in verse 8, though I am the least deserving of all God's people, I think if Several years ago, you'd talk to Janice, say, Janice, would you like to come and share with all the people in Columbus what God had done for me? I, or you, I think you would probably say, I, among all people, am the least deserving to stand up in front of people. And if you had talked to me a number of years ago, I would have told you, I am the least of all deserving of God's people. But he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Now, I don't have this next verse on the screen, but I want you to notice this in verse 9. I was chosen. Will you look at someone beside you and say, I was chosen? Do it again like you mean it. I was chosen. And will you look back and say, you were chosen. And we are chosen. Okay. We are. And here's what Paul says. I was chosen for a purpose. What is this purpose? To explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. So you see, God's plan when we think about this, we talk about this series that, and we look at chapter one, what grace has done for us. And I hope that after this series is over, this will be the last sermon in this series, that you'll go back and you'll really look at chapter one and understand what God has done for us. He has blessed us. He has chosen us. He has adopted us. He has redeemed us. He has accepted us. He has sealed or identified us as his child. What a beautiful, beautiful thing that we have. And we, then we come to chapter 2, and I want you to go back, if you will, and, and just read through chapter 2 and remember the place you were when grace found you. The Bible talked about you were dead in sin and that you were absolutely subject to God's anger and to God's wrath, and you were foreigners and you were strangers and you were without God and without hope in the world. But then the Bible says that we are to rejoice where grace has brought us. And that is, he has brought us near to Christ. He has adopted us into the family of God. We are now his special children. And now God is our father. Jesus is our brother. And the church family is our family. It is a marvelous thing what God has done for us. So now we come to chapter 3. And I have entitled this chapter... What God's grace desires to do through us. God's grace in us, or for us, God's grace in us. And now, chapter 3, God's grace through us. Let's look at this. That God's plan, 
when we look at this whole thing, the Bible says that God's plan has been revealed. Let's look at verse 3, if you can see this. And here's what it says. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself, now notice this verse. God himself has revealed his mysterious plan to me. Whoa. God's mysterious plan throughout all the ages, and God has revealed uh, this, this mysterious plan. And, and what is this mysterious plan? What is this mystery that God has been keeping secret all of these years? But Paul says, God has revealed this mysterious plan to me. He goes on down even a little further when you get to verse 5, and he said, God did not reveal it to previous generations, but he has revealed it now to the apostles and the prophets so he's been revealing it to us, and he's saying that in this generation in which we live, God has revealed to us the most mysterious plan of the ages. Wow. Now, here's what, what is that mysterious plan. Well, I'm glad you asked, even if you didn't. Here's the mysterious plan. It's really complicated, so you better get your pencils ready. I mean, it's really hard because it's so hard, nobody's understood it uh, up until the time of the coming of Christ. And when we, when we think about it, because God's plan was revealed in Christ, and here's what this mysterious plan is. See if you've ever heard these words before. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, this mysterious plan of God to make people right, to forgive them, to bring them to a place of forgiveness and grace, this mysterious plan was first of all revealed in Christ. It's not hard. It's so simple we fall over it that God so loved the world. That includes you and me. That he gave his only begotten son. And then I love these words that whosoever, will you say that word with me? Whosoever. We used to sing a song at Old Reeb Avenue years ago the grandfather of this church and one of the grandfathers of this church. And it used to sing like this, whosoever surely meaneth me, surely meaneth me, it surely meaneth me, whosoever surely meaneth me, whosoever meaneth me. Aren't you glad that the great mysterious plan of God is not hard and it's not whoever pays a million dollars, it's not who can pass an ACT test, it's not how much money, how much influence, how much anything else that you have, but it's whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And you see when you get down to verse 6, it begins to talk about this plan and the goal of God's plan. When you get down to verse 6, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe in the good news, here's where we are, we share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. 
Both are part of the same body. Both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Here's the plan. Everyone who believes in Christ comes to the place that they become children of God. And we all share the same privileges. We all share the same promises. We all share the same blessings. And we all belong to Christ. There are no second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. Would you say amen to that? And let's give God praise for that. There are no second-class citizens. But David, you don't know what I've done. Doesn't matter. But David... You know, I was well up in years before I gave my life to Christ. Doesn't matter. You, say, you don't understand. I, I've lived a wicked life. It doesn't matter. Just understand that when we come into Christ, we all share the same promises, the same blessings. We all belong to Christ. Will you look to somebody beside you and say, I, I have everything that you have in Christ. Will you do that? I have everything that you have in Christ. And then look back, you have everything I have in Christ. And people we don't even know anywhere that have trusted in Christ, they have the same blessings, the same wonderful glory, the same power. We were talking in small group on Wednesday, and, and we were talking about the idea about the fact that uh, we want to love God's people everywhere. And I was talking to the, the small group about Ephesians, and, and I told them that one of the great truths and one of the great proofs in my life that there is a God who is true. There is a God who absolutely is real. There is a God who gives grace. There is a God who gives his wonderful plan to all of us who believe. It's when I went to China. And here I go, and my wife and I go to communist China, and we land in Shanghai, a city of 30 million people. We went to Chengdu, and they said, well, this is just a small town, uh, and it had 14 million people. You understand, that's bigger than New York City, and uh, that was just a small town. But in Shanghai, and so we were going to a place that we had never been before. We were going to a place that we could not read their language. We could not speak their language. They grew up in the last 50 years and the last uh, years over the, since the Cultural Revolution. Uh, they've grown up in, in communist China in a land where they've tried to repress and put away and, and literally eradicate the very gospel of Christ in every way they could. They grew up in secular schools that mocked the reality of God and said that people who believed in God were somewhat weak in mind. But when we got to Shanghai and we began to sit down to talk to people who had come to Christ, it was the most amazing thing. They had the same experience 
we had. They loved the Lord just like we did. They got blessed when we talked about that we all share in the gospel of Christ. They talked about when they gave their lives to Christ. They talked about knowing what it was to be forgiven. They knew what it was to talk about praying. In fact, we were talking about some political things in China, and uh, somebody asked me if, if we were praying for the president. You don't know which president it was. Uh, so they were asking me if I was praying for the president. And I said, well, yeah, we do. And then they looked at me and said, don't the Americans pray? Uh, I said, uh, yeah, but maybe we don't pray as much as we ought to pray. But here we are in a world totally different than we've ever known. But the same God who meets with us Sunday after Sunday, that same God meets with them in China. That same experience is real. That same glory is revealed. We share the same promises. We share the same blessings. And we all belong to Christ. Wow. I tell you what, I don't know about that. I think we ought to give God praise anyway. You guys are quiet, quiet. Quiet today. Must be thinking about Thanksgiving turkey here, so that's okay. And then know that God's plan has been revealed to us in verses 5 and 6. And I want to read this to you out of the message because I think this is so rich. And here's what it says. None of our ancestors understood this. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's Spirit through his holy apostles and prophets of this new order. The mystery is that people who have never heard of God, you know people that have never really heard of God? The mystery is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of God all their lives, that's like some of us that grew up in the church. And so Paul is saying, if you've never heard of God or you've heard of God all your life, you're both on equal footing here. Stand on the same ground. They get the same offer. Amen. They get the same help. Amen. They get the same promises in Christ. Amen. This message is accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board. <laughs> I just want you to know, if you know somebody that's far away from God, this message is for them. If you know somebody whose life is so mixed up and so torn up and you think they can never find their way back home, the gospel message is for them. No matter where they are, where they've been, what they've done, whatever they've been into, the grace of God is real. And then it says in verse 3, and I just have to tell you this, that Paul says not only was the, this grace revealed in Christ, this mystery or this plan revealed in Christ, not only was it revealed to all of us through the apostles, but I nearly got blessed as I watched this, or I read this this morning. For in, in verse 3, again, we'll go back to this verse, where it says that when Paul said this, that I want you to know, as I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. And I think all of us that read that can read that personally. I remember in my life, and Phil Conrad, one of the few friends that 
even before Christ. And Phil and I were together. And Phil had many things he did. I had many things I did. And they're all under the blood. Right, Brother Phil? And they're all under the blood. <laughs> he knew me long before I came to Christ. I knew him. And I remember as I was coming up to my 16th birthday and Connie's dad had now become, and Don Kozad's over here, he knew me before I was, I was saved. And, and But as I was coming up on my 16th year and God had been talking to my heart and I realized that something needed to happen in me. Grew up in the church all my life, but I knew something needed to happen to me. And I could go into a lot of explanation, which I will spare you today. But there were some things that I had to be convinced of. I had to be convinced, first of all, that God was real. I won't go into the whole story of what I told my mother about Santa Claus, that uh, after I found out, uh, and I'll be careful with children, uh, that Santa Claus was something else, uh, that I thought, I think they're telling me about God the same way they tell me about Santa Claus. I think it's no different. And God had to convince me that he was real, and he did. God had to convince me that he was holy, and he is, that he was not just going to put up with whatever I gave him and however I lived, and if I lived in sin or debauchery, that he was just going to look over and say, it's fine. I had to be convinced God was holy. I had to be convinced I was sinful. And the morning that I came to Christ, I've told people after that, I felt I was the worst sinner that ever lived on the earth. I I had to be convinced I was lost and that if I did not turn my life over to Christ, I would die and I would burn in a devil's hell. Oh, pastor, nobody talks about that. But I'm telling you what, I had to be convinced in my mind and in my heart. I had to be convinced my only hope was in Christ. I had to be convinced that he loved me in spite of the fact that he was holy. I had to be convinced he died not only for the world, but for me. I had to be convinced he would forgive me if I would ask him. And I had to be convinced that he did forgive me. This is a day for old songs, but of course you've got an old pastor. What do you think? You know, that's the way it is here. So we used to sing a song around these altars, especially on Sunday night. We don't do it much anymore, these kids. I asked Eric the other day if he ever heard the song we're going to hear later. He said, nope, never heard it. It's like, good night. You know, they're just babes in the woods. You know, I've not heard half of, of what God's treasury is all about. But we used to sing this song. I can, I will, I do believe, I can, I will, I do believe, I can, I will, I do believe that Jesus saves me now. Anybody ever heard that song? Three. That's good. <laughs> And then it went on to another chorus. And he takes me as I am. 
He takes me as I am. He brings his full salvation nigh. And he takes me as I am. You see, I had to be convinced of all those things. And the morning that I became convinced and God revealed this mysterious plan to me that if I would simply believe, he would forgive me, he would cleanse me, he would take me into his family. I, who was the most undeserving of all. What a beautiful story that God's plan has been revealed to us. Now, the second part of this message, you say, oh, man, it's almost lunchtime. No, it's not. It's not quite, really. Believe me, I can see the clock. <laughs> Is that God's mysterious plan is to be revealed not only to us, but I want you to hear this this morning. God's plan is to be revealed through us. God has given us, and I had you underscore those words, the special responsibility. I had you underscore those words. God has graciously given us the privilege of telling those who are far from God. And number three, God has entrusted us with the responsibility of explaining the gospel to those who are far from God. I can't tell you the joy in my life. In fact, again, on Wednesday night in our small group, we were talking about how do we explain this and uh, I gave out some of the little steps to peace that we have in the back. And I tell you what, it's a wonderful thing to be able to look at somebody and say, has anyone ever taken time to share with you what it really means to be a Christian from a biblical perspective? I guarantee you, if you will ask people that question, not have they ever heard it, but has anyone ever taken time to share with you one-on-one? -on -one? What it really means to be a Christian, I guarantee you 90% of the people that you ask will say, no, no one's ever done that. They've gone to church, I've heard it, I've done this, but I mean, I've never taken, and to be able to take enough time to help them to understand this wonderful plan that is so simple that a fool therein could not misunderstand it, and yet it is so complete and complex that it covers all of our sin and gives us eternal life. You see, the deepest prayer of my heart for our church, Janice asked me today when she came in, how did you get to be the interim pastor here? <laughs> well, that's a long story. Um, I came to help, and the boss left, and I'm here. And so that, that's about the way it is, you know. But the deepest prayer of my heart for our church is that we will become a great commission church that understands what it means to reach out to lost people, 
I am praying the deepest prayer of my heart, both before and after and all of these different things. That's the prayer of my heart, that we understand what it means, that we're going to have a prayer list for the unsaved. And I think I'm going to try to bring the little ark. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, but we have a little ark that we put unsaved names in. I'm going to have it put back in the Welcome Center. So every Sunday you come in, you can put unsaved names. That we want people who are praying for unsaved people Oh, I thank God we ought to pray for the sick and we ought to pray for those that are afflicted and we ought to pray for those that are going through hard things. And I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for those. God tells us to pray for those. But there ought to be a place where we get down on our knees and say, by the grace of God, Lord, I'm just going to talk to you about people that are far from God today. I'm just going to talk to you about my friend that needs Christ. I'm going to talk to you about my dad that needs Christ. I'm going to talk to you about my sister, about my neighbor, until we have a prayer people until there are people who are committed to trying to reach one person for Christ. Oh, I love this. I, I've talked about this for a number of years. I hope I don't, where's Eric at? I hope I don't embarrass you. Eric and I were talking, Eric Heron was talking and Eric said, you know, I've been thinking, I had a great idea. I said, what's that, Eric? He said, I've been working on my, on my computer, okay? He said, I think that we have a, a, a thing. It could be remarkable what had happened. I said, okay, what is it? What if everybody in the church just won one person? I said, yeah, I think I've heard that maybe somewhere before. And if you've never heard that before, I've said that for years and years. What would happen in this church if all of a sudden next week, I know it's Thanksgiving, but and Christmas, I'm just going to bring one person. I'm going to find one person. I'm going to bring them with me to the house of God. I'm going to bring them with me. It's going to be a great day. A person who is determined to help others grow and a person who will reach out into their neighborhoods. I want to read this out of the message because it's as we conclude here today. Paul said this. Let me find exactly where it is so that you could follow it in your, in your scripture. Uh, in chapter 3, it talks about the fact that his work. Uh, I can't find exactly the verse. Here it is. This is what Paul said. This is my life work. Helping people understand and respond to the message. It came as a sheer gift to me, as a real surprise. When it came to presenting the message to the people who had no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. But God saw to it that I was equipped, and he will see that to you. But you can be sure it had nothing to do with my natural ability. And so here I am, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. I think that every Sunday. Here I am preaching and teaching and writing and talking about things that are way over my head, the inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God who has created all of this in the first place has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through followers of Jesus like yourselves, 
gathered in churches, gathered in churches, this plan of God is becoming known and talked about. And I put the word everywhere, but Paul used the word talked about even among the angels. Here's what I want you to do. Will you take your worship folder, bulletin, whatever you want to call it, and I want you to find your connection card because I'm gonna, we're going to take a few minutes. Just, just find this connection card. Would, would you please just do this? This is very important in this, past, in this time of the service. And I want you to remain seated. And I want you to hold that connection card in your hand. And I want to ask you this morning, who is it that God is laying on your heart to reach out to this season? And just put their name. We're not going to call them. We're not going to go see them. We're not going to take a, a raid and go in there and break their house down and, and tell them they have to come to Christ. We're not going to do that. We'd never do anything that will embarrass you. But I want you to put their name. If you would like this morning, and you've come this morning, and you want to pray, you just feel like you're far away from God, and you want to receive Christ, I'm going to pray in just a minute. You can pray after me. Or if you really, at this point in your life, you really want to grow in your faith, and you're just weary of not growing any more than you've grown spiritually and you really want to grow in Christ because of his grace. And I don't know whether we can just get the lights up just a little bit so that you can see your card. I know some of you are like me and you can't, can't see your feet, let alone a card. And uh, so if we could turn them up just a little bit, don't want them full, but if we could just turn them up just a little bit so people could see their cards. And I want you to listen, and there are pictures on this about the grace of God. And after this song is finished, then we're going to have a prayer, and we'll pray over these cards. But I'm, I'm calling you this morning to a decision with these cards. Who is it God is calling you to reach out to? Who is it that needs to pray either to receive Christ or to come nearer to Christ? Who is it that's saying, I am so tired of not growing in my faith that I really want to grow and I'll mark it on my card and put my name on it in some kind, if we don't have your contact information, some kind of thing, however you'd like to be contacted. Yes, there we go. We can actually see, and there was light. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously. But I want you to watch this, that our dear friend, Eric Heron, who I've learned as a, to love as a son, that Eric has put together, and I want you to listen to this beautiful song. Your grace still amazes me.
stand with me, please, as we look to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Praise him. Amen. Father, we thank you today that your grace still does amaze us. Lord, I pray that you will help us never to live so long that your grace does not amaze us anymore. Lord, has where we are today, when I remember where grace found me and remember where I am today, your grace still amazes me. Now, Father, there may be some here today that checked that little box that said, I want to give my life to Christ. If you check that box today, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, just pray it silently. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I have fallen short of your glory. I know you're real. I know that you are holy, but I also know that you love me and that you will forgive me. I ask you to forgive my sins and come into my life this morning and I can, and I do, and I will believe yes. that Jesus saves me now. Let's give God praise. I believe there are some people who made that decision. Please, please put it into the offering basket as it comes by. And then there are some that have loved ones that are far from God. And they put down names. Lord, I pray that you see these names as these names are by faith slipped into these baskets. That, Lord, you'll find them and follow them. And, Lord, that we may see a harvest of people come to Christ. And then, Lord, you know there are people who mark that little box that said, I'm tired of not growing. I want to grow in my faith. I want to get involved in a small group. I want to get involved in ministry. I want to get involved in something besides just sitting around at the church. I want God to use me. Bless these beautiful, beautiful cards that are put in your basket today. Lord, we love you. And we thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Again, let's give him praise for what he's done today. If our ushers will come forward right now, we're going to wait on you for the offering, and the band's going to lead us in a great song. We're going to worship together a little bit while we sing this. Please put your cards. This is I Love My Church offering. We're trying to make this stage look better. We're trying to get the sound better. We're trying to get the lights better. If you can just help us, it would be a great blessing today. And as you saw the pictures, I love this church. And I love my church. And so as we give today, let us give as unto the Lord. Father, bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go, guys.
you out 10 minutes early. So give God thanks. God bless you. See Janice at the table for her books and tell everyone you can tell God bless you and thanks for coming. You are dismissed.